For our gentlemen listeners, we all know the first impressions matter. If you're not taking care of your skin, that's going to be the first thing someone notices and instantly either thinks you're way older than you are or you just don't care about your appearance. Hey, I've been guilty on all fronts. That's why I want to introduce you to our newest sponsor at TalkNorth.com, Caldera Lab, C-A-L-D-E-R-A Lab, CalderaLab.com. Use the promo code CHIN to get 20% off. Why would you want this product? Well, I've started using it. I have exactly the kind of face they're talking about. I'm 60 years old. Uh, I have not taken care of my facial skin. I just haven't. It's red. It's ruddy. It's been exposed to sun too much. I've had allergies, so I've had breakouts. I'm using this stuff. It just calms down, smooths out your skin. For me, uh, actually using it also kind of relaxes me to the point where I'm not constantly scratching at my face and causing even more problems. It makes a big difference. It feels good. And you know what? You're going to you're gonna brush your teeth in the morning. Do what I do. Put the Caldera Lab products right next to your sink and use them right after you brush your teeth. It takes a, a minute and it's going to make a big difference for you. And as a, a promotion, working with TalkNorth.com, if you use the promo code CHIN, you'll get 20% off right now. That is the best offer for Caldera Lab products anywhere. Use the promo code CHIN. Obviously, we're referencing our Chin Music Baseball Shield. Use the promo code CHIN, and you'll get 20% off for Caldera Lab, calderalab.com. Twins looked like they had things figured out. They win five straight games to take command of the division. And just when you feel like it's safe to go back to the ballpark, they lose three straight at Detroit. Uh, Roy, what is your level of concern? Is this just one of those natural blips in the schedule, or is this a sign that this team just doesn't have what it takes? Well, I, you know, I don't know if it if it has what it takes or what it takes. Um, I mean, the division's weak. And uh, yeah, I just think that, you know, they may, they're, they're pitching so well that they may just, you know, stumble into this. But I, I mean, my concern is the same as it's always been um, all season long. And that's the, the inconsistency of the offense. And so I, you know, just don't know whether they're going to, whether they're going to hit enough. I think that they will. I think the way they, I mean, it's, it's funny the way the offense goes. It, it's, there's never been a consistent top to bottom streak really for uh, the lineup. And, but there's also never been a situation where you say, well, they're not swinging. There's no possible way they could beat these guys that they're playing now. And then they, and then they, you know, the hitters, you know, stand up all of a sudden. So it's, it's really hard to know. They're a, they're a, they're kind of a mystery team uh, in that way or, or enigmatic uh, at least, uh, because you just you're looking at lack of consistent offensive performance from you know a number of guys that you would think would have at least some you know one month stretch uh, or month and a half stretch of of swinging the best the way they have in the in the in the past, and we just haven't seen that. Lavelle, it's it's really baffling, but it, these things happen. Hold on. I'm back. Um, these things happen, though. Uh, a team runs into another team and just just flattens out against them, and it's it's inexplainable. 
Um, the way the Monday game started with the Twins, you know, blowing them out of the park, you thought it was going to be a start of a run here. But then the uh, the, uh, the Tigers started throwing every left-hander they could find. Uh, Adam ended up, I'm sure if they brought the ghost of Mickey Lowlich on the mound, he would have at least gone five innings against this offense. Um, I, I think that's one part of it, too, is that um, there's such a lack of continuity with the, with the batting order because Rocco has to drastically juggle things on a day-to-day basis, uh, especially when the lefties on the mound, um, that um, they, can't any, they can't sustain anything. Um, but again, like I said at the beginning, it just, it, I mean, teams running the teams and they just have their number. And I think it happens every year. I still remember as a White Sox fan, um, the Texas Rangers like finished in second one year and discovered that they lost like uh, tw- 10 out of 12 games to the White Sox that year. And it cost them, they blamed the White Sox for not um, winning the division. So the next year when the White Sox came to town, they had a socket to the Sox night. And they gave out free socks to fans, <laughs> and they were waving them around in the in the stands because they were mad at the, the, how the White Sox have sabotaged their season. These things happen, but the bigger picture is is that um, we this offense is unreliable. Um, Correa is unreliable. Uh, the right-handed hitters, other than Solano, are unreliable, and they just can't find a way to to get over that. So, and it's maddening because we're in August now, and. It's not just a blip, it's reality. And that's going to be the trait that they're going to have to deal with as they go forward with the rest of the season. All right, let's break down the rest of this roster. Uh, What's going right? What's going wrong? What lies in the immediate future for the Minnesota Twins? This is Chin Music, our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studios. Thanks to our, our sponsors, Aquarius Home Services, All Energy Solar, uh, Grain Belt, which is sponsoring a series of live shows downtown, and Caldera Labs, our newest sponsor. I'll tell you more about them in a little bit. I just started using their products. Uh, thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like at talknorth.com. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen, and we do appreciate you listening. Uh, so, hey, we'll get back to the offensive problems and the roster permutations here in a second. One silver lining of this series is Kenta Maeda continues to pitch far better than I would have imagined somebody coming off his injury at his age could have pitched. What are you seeing from Lavelle? And this is a guy who you might really want to see on the mound in a short playoff series. Well, I just think Kenta, it's, it's, it's experience and know-how and um, uh, understanding, you know, hitters. I think he's just, he's a veteran, crafty veteran right now. He's a, he's embraced what he is. He knows he only throws like 92 91 and uh he works around that man and he's got his he's got his command back um that's the one thing you worry about uh, when a guy's coming off elbow surgery is when does he get the good command of all his pitches and he's got them you know the breaking ball all the, uh the change up all the stuff that he uh he's been affected with in the past is, is clicking for him and that's allowed him i want to say hide the fastball but uh i think he pitches a lot of guys backwards you know i think he gives him a lot of off-speed stuff and in, in fastball counts and he's having success that way. Um, and it's it's actually fun to watch when a guy, I don't want to say he's tricking people because that makes it sound like he, he doesn't have any talent, but he does have talent. But uh, it, it's kind of fun to watch these type, type of pitchers work work their trade um, uh, on these hitters. And, yeah, I think he was the one concern going into the season, and now he's an asset. He's he's needed because he's been on a, he's been on a, 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 a great role here. But uh, I just think it's impressive that he 
um, has regained the command of his pitches uh, that first year coming back from surgery. Because a lot of guys need um, longer than that to to get back online, and that has not been the case for Kenta. And it bodes, bodes well for the Twins going down the stretch here because I still worry about Bailey Ober and his increasing workload, and they may need some other guys to get online here. But uh, not Kenta, man. He, uh, he, I, I actually look forward to seeing him pitch now um, uh, every five days because uh, he's going to be, he's going to be, he's going to compete. Uh, he's not going to be afraid to put the ball over the plate, and he's going to he's going to use his head. And you see that in how he approaches guys. That's Lavelle Neal from Star Tribune. I'm Jim Suhan from Star Tribune. Now we're going to ask our resident expert hitter, former Twins great and current Twins broadcaster Roy Smalley, what what's making Maeda so effective, Roy? Lavelle hit on uh, most all of it. Uh, his, uh, it, I, I guess you got to call his fastball a secondary pitch. I mean, with most guys, yep, yep. you know, the slider and the changeup are called secondary pitches, you know, to the fastball. And his two best pitches are, are slider and change. And when he wasn't pitching well, uh, it came back after the concern was, he had no bite to the slider and had no bite to the changeup, and everything was settling right in the middle of the zone, and, and he was getting knocked around. Then he got the other little injury, uh, was out for a while, and he came back until Lavelle's point um, immediately on coming back then. He was, um, he, he was pinpoint with his slider and his changeup. 91, 92 miles an hour fastball is good enough, plenty good enough, because of slider and change effectiveness and and because of his ability to know when to uh, surprise with the fastball. It's plenty enough uh, miles per hour. The the thing about those two other pitches, the slider and the change, is it's, it's command, of course, throwing it where you want to. But where he wants to means... Throw it, it looks like both pitches look like a strike for a long time and then aren't. And it, it, for example, we've seen uh, with Bailey Ober and with uh, especially with Joe Ryan's secondary pitches, uh, they what if they're in the strike zone, they stay in the strike zone. Um, and if if they're not in gonna end up in the strike zone, it it oftentimes uh, is recognized by hitters early. Uh, that they're not. And with Maeda, that slider comes up there looking like it's going to be in the zone and a hitter has to swing at it and then it disappears. It's a, it's an excellent, excellent slider. It's not like he throws it 90 miles an hour. It's not like the, the break is just incredible. You look at this and say, wow, do you see how far that, that slider broke? It's not about that. It's about coming up there looking like a strike for a long time and then disappearing uh, to the down and to the glove side. And the change of the same way. His arm speed, his fastball arm speed, it comes up there looking uh, like uh, fastball speed. And even when hitters then try to adjust mid-flight uh, to the fact that it's a changeup, it, they swing it where it's going to be, and then it's not going to be there. It, it, it dives and fades. And so the quality of those pitches is just is really, really fun to watch. And then he complements that with surprise fastballs in really good situations. And, and you got what you got. 
I'm coming off vacation, so I missed some news developments. Uh, one of them was Joe Ryan admitting that he pitched while he had a groin problem, and that apparently led to his two worst outings of the season. Uh, start with Roy this time. What what did you make of all that? Is this just a a guy tried to gut through something, no big deal, or do you see some problems with this the process and how it played out? Well, I mean, I, I, I it's it's hard to be – you want to be mad at him. Rocco, I'm sure Rocco was mad at him. I mean, he said it very – politically correct and said, you know, we just have to have better communication. I think in a personal conversation with Rocco, uh, with Joe Ryan, I think Rocco was probably spoke a little bit stronger in stronger terms than that. You you can't, you can't not tell people um, when you're, when you're injured, if it's bothering you uh, at all. So, I mean, if it wasn't bothering him is pitching, then, then we're concerned because, and we can get into, why we're concerned that you know what with his with his pitches if it was bothering then you say okay uh you know hopefully that you know groin gets better he'll be back to what he was the first half of the season you want to be mad at him but it's hard to because especially for me i say look i'm i'm important to this team i'm going to take it out there and do the best i can um but really what needs to happen is you need to tell you need to tell people and say, look, it's bothering me. I need treatment. I'm, you know, I'm working, but I'm going to go out there and pitch. And then, you know, the can decide. But I, I love the attitude. It just it was a little naive uh, to, for him to think that he could he could work through it by himself. And beyond that, I mean, it's a whole discussion about the fact that his secondary pitches are not good yet. And um, we can go into if you, you know, at some point in time, we can go into why he's getting knocked around. You know, um, th- this is this occurs every now and then in the game, uh, just from covering it for so many years. That there's always a player out there who, it's got some 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 ache or something that's sore or pulled, and he doesn't want to go into the trainer's room. And he doesn't want to admit that he's hurt. He doesn't want to be viewed as someone who can't you know uh, tough it out and and still perform. You know, despite you know not being a hundred percent, and they go out there and they make things worse. Um, it's seems like this pops up every couple of years. There's a person who just does not want to admit that something's wrong with him. Um, and they actually make things worse that way. And it, man, it goes back. I remember Mike Sweeney did that with the Royals when I covered Kansas city back in the day, he had like some oblique strain and tell anybody about for, for like a month. And it was just horrible. And then eventually he had to admit it, you know, and everybody gets mad at him. So, um, and usually it's a younger player <laughs> that, uh, that uh, ends up uh, taking this approach, but uh, it's weird because you know of, of all the people they have with the twins, and I, I don't know what the communication was like leading up to his admission. I don't know if someone walked up and said, "Are you okay? Is everything all right?" Because they've got data and they've got charts and they've got Josh Kalk and they got all these people uh, who can watch uh, pictures and determine. You know, Kalk is supposed to be a guy who's supposed to. See that a pitcher's injured before the pitcher realizes he's injured. You know, that's supposed to be his great gift. And um, I can't believe someone didn't walk up to Joe during this run because let's see, he gave he had gave up eight home runs on the year uh before the faithful start against the Braves, and he gave up 17 since then. 17 and one, two, three, seven starts, 17 homers. Someone's gotta ask him, Are you okay? <laughs> Is there anything that's bugging you? Uh, and did he lie? I just I can't believe if someone didn't walk up to him and say, "Hey, you're pitching like there's something wrong. Can you just level with us and let us know that he wouldn't have uh, fessed up here?" So 
I, I, I'm, I'm baffled a little bit about how they got to this point. I know it does. Like I said, it's, it's happened in the past with, with players, but man, uh, when you, when you start getting pounded here, you would think that Joe would have to admit to it a little quicker or someone really has to come down and say, look, this doesn't look good. Uh, what else is going on here and get to the bottom of things. Uh, next topic is going to be, I'm going to ask Roy how he feels about a team headed for mid eighties win total and probably a division title since why he would you ask on, Roy about why would Roy have any experience with something like that? You know, we're going to get into why Roy <laughs> might have a, a very interesting viewpoint on that. Uh, before we get to that though, I want to let you know, Caldera lab, C A L D E R A Caldera lab is our newest sponsor. Uh, men's facial products. I just started using them. Uh, and listen, we all know first impressions matter. If you're not taking care of your skin, that's going to be the first thing that someone notices and instantly either thinks you're way older than you are, or you don't care about your appearance. Show them that you do and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. I can speak to this personally. All right. I take pretty good care of myself. Physically, I have never taken very good care of my face, and my face shows it. I look like I'm sunburned. I have a ruddy complexion. And the worst thing is that over the years, I've had, you know, it's like it's it's a horrible combination to be an older person and have your face breaking out like you're a teenager. It's the worst possible combination. And I use this stuff, and it calms down my skin. Uh, it just, it, and you know, I don't know if you do this, but as a writer, whenever I'm trying to find that word, whenever I'm struggling on a deadline, I tend to touch my face or scratch at my face. And when you have a little, those little, you know, breakouts, uh, then it gives you something you can kind of scratch away. Then now it's, it's horrible. It's just horrible. This stuff calms down my skin, clears up my skin. Uh, it lessens the redness it, you know, it, it just works. So I, I highly recommend it, even though I've only been we- using it for a week so far, I already feel better about my skin. Uh, listen, you're, you're going to brush your teeth today, incorporating skincare steps before it guarantees to not mess up your, your routine. It's, it's easy. It's just something it takes you another two minutes at the sink while you're doing all the other things you take care of yourself. Uh, so I just highly recommend checking out Caldera Lab uh, and their variety of products. And as as we go through the month here, I will highlight many of their other products. We also want to thank Aquarius Home Services. Scott here for Aquarius Home Services. Fantastic news. We're having a Connecticut Midsummer Mega Sale. Ready for worry-free water, spotless dishes, and softer clothes? Ready for purified drinking water and removing contaminants like lead and those forever chemicals you hear about on the news? Now through August 12th, Aquarius is taking 25% off Connecticut whole home water treatment systems. And as your independent authorized Connecticut dealer, it all starts with a free water analysis. Schedule today at ConnecticutMN.com. Also, want to remind you that all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All energy solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about all energy solar by going to allenergysolar.com slash coach uh, for installation uh, information. Or you can just go to allenergysolar.com and find out everything you need to know about solar for your home or your business. All right, so Roy, it's been Fascinating in this market where the first major men's sports championship that, listen, the Lakers won some titles when they were playing in high school gyms. I know that. But I'm talking about major fully developed sports in Minnesota, professional sports. The breakthrough was 1987. You were on that team. That team won 85 regular season games, won a poor division, 
and then went on to win the World Series. So even though I understand the daily angst of Twins fans, that this team is not performing as well as we all think it should, they're still on pace to win about 85 games and win the division. I'm just not sure this is the market where we should be complaining about that. Well, I just think that playing, you know, for a, if you're thinking about the market and you're thinking about who's watching, uh, who, who can watch in, in this market, who can be a fan, uh, I, I think for a team that has been in or around first place, uh, playing the kind of baseball that they play, which is good pitching and and pretty good defense, um, I I think it's I think it's great. I think there's a lot to like about you know being a Minnesota, a lot to like by Minnesota Twins fans, and uh, they're I think they're going to win the division. Once you win the division, you know like you know like we did, uh, you know uh, then. You, and you just you never know, and so the, I know there are cynics out there saying that they're deficient in in these you know in these areas, and they are, and they're going to have to address that you know quickly in the off season if they want to continue to get to get better. They did they've done a wonderful job creating a pitching staff that is division winning worthy. The hitters haven't supported that. But they're in first place. They're probably going to win the division, and you know, the playoff baseball will be will be fun in Minnesota. And I just, you know, I I know the cynics say, well, that you know they don't have it, what they should have to you know to win in the postseason, and they can't win the postseason anyway. That's their that's their legacy, and you know, it, it's I I, I I I fight against cynicism. I just think it's I think I think it's fun. Uh, I, I think if you build one of the best, if you build the best team in the, in your division for a given year, then I think, you, I think we all need to just in, enjoy that. There are a lot of things I wish they'd do differently in terms of performance. There are a lot of things that I really think that are glaring deficiencies now that are getting, they're starting to, that are showing up, uh, that they're going to need to address. But for this year, it, you know, it is to, you know, to paraphrase, you know, Tom Kelly, we, you know, they've got who they've got and this is who they're going to, this is who they're going to sink or swim with. Uh, and so I think we should just enjoy it. And, you know, and I, before we go, and before we go to Lavelle, I will also say that, uh, you know, that 87 team, I mean, you know, Guy Eddie always talked about them choking away a division, you know, earlier in that decade, they hadn't won anything really. And they really had two starting pitchers and Reardon who came up big for the postseason had a four some ERA as your closer. And it, it was, it was, you know, a talented team, very good position players, but it was a team that really didn't have a pedigree and they got hot at the right time and performed incredibly well in the clutch and won a world series. And I'm not, I'm not predicting this team's going to do that, but it it does highlight just how little we can predict the future. And and I, I'm with Roy. I feel like you have a first place team in town playing meaningful games every they're gonna play 162 meaningful games this year, and they're gonna probably be in the playoffs. And I don't think we should diminish that just because it doesn't feel good on a daily basis. Lavelle? Yeah, I mean, I my thing is this too, because you never know what's going to happen once you get in the postseason. Um, <clears throat> the '87 team also had like a negative uh, run differential, I believe. Yeah. Uh, during during the regular season, still, um, 
did some damage. And the, the other weird trait about that team was that they were <clears throat> unstoppable at, at the, in the Metrodome, and they just couldn't win on the road. So it was kind of weird. Um, I think I remember I was uh, reading something, and like they were in a late-season road trip in Detroit, and they brought pictures of the Metrodome to put them up all over the, <laughs> all over the clubhouse to try to pretend that they're at home. You know, and Herbeck was like, yeah, we tried everything that year. And it just didn't work. You know, it was just something weird. Um, I think that because of today, uh, with ESPN, uh, with social media, and Minnesotans' general uh, proclivity to obsess over weaknesses, that uh, it, it's been hard for uh, people to get fired up about this team. But um, the one thing it has going for it is that uh, I, I still think the starting pitching – is talented enough to give teams problems uh, once they get to October baseball. Um, I I wish that people would enjoy it more, but like I said, I think we tend to obsess over like negatives, um, bucks in season, inability to hit lefties, um, offensive struggles in general. You know, it seems like well they don't do this, therefore I can't get emotionally invested. I think that's. Sad because you go to the ballpark now and sit in beautiful Target Field during the summer, um, all kinds of sunshine, you're outdoors, and you're, you're going to see a team that's going to compete for the most part. And um, yes, they're going to be in a lot of close games because of the offense, and there's going to be some nail biters, but it's going to be like a good movie. You know, it's going to be some struggles, there's going to be some ups and downs, and it's going to come down to the end. It's not like they're going to get blown out of the water. So um, I, I, I get that. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate, uh, just because of, I think the whole Minnesota sports fan, uh, how how they are how they are wired uh, in terms of being able to allow themselves to enjoy a successful team. And here's what I find you know, really if I, interesting, hey, Jimmy. If Go I could just say, if, yep. if if I could just say this about the the comparison to to our '87 club, um, we had a. a terrific hitting lineup and we could compete with anybody uh, you know offensively uh, and but we didn't do it all the time during the course of the season Detroit beat us uh, a lot and pitching staff that they had you know Jack Morris Doyle Alexander and you know various guys I mean they they you know they beat us pretty well during during the course of the season and we didn't you know we we were light on the mound but we got in the postseason we won the American League pennant by just pummeling Detroit pitchers. And, and it was a uh, – I mean, we just – first two games, we just took them out of the game and the way the, the you know, guys hit. And, and uh, it, it, it overpowered or overshadowed or allowed our pitching staff to, um, to be okay. And we went on the road. We never went on the road, you know, hardly ever during the season. And um, – we lost one game in Detroit that, you know, we should have won. I think uh, Reardon gave it up, you know, late in the game. Uh, but then, he, you know, he came we came back and you know, won that series. He closed it out. And um, it, so if you compare that to this team, and we, if they get in the postseason, I like the idea of having uh, pitchers that will give you a chance so that maybe your hitters show up. Because that can – I mean, all of a sudden – in the lineup that hasn't been, you know, good most of the year or consistent can have a streak where they start pounding the ball and, and uh, or at least scoring enough runs to support how good the, this pitching is. This is a better pitching staff than we had with the, 
with the exception of you know, Frankie Viola, who was who, who was terrific. Right. Uh, I I think that this is uh, you know front to back, obviously a better pitching staff, and so I'd rather go into the postseason hoping that your hitters can you know that 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 have hit before find something rather than go into the postseason not being able to pitch. So I I, I just think to Lavelle's point and my point. And your point, Jim. Let's just if they let's let's hope they get in the postseason, and then let's just see what happens. You never know. And here's here's the other thing. I, I've spent you know I've played a few charity golf tournaments. I've been out among a lot of Minnesotans lately. And I, here's what I find fascinating about the Minnesota sports fan. I don't know that there are any Viking fans who really believe that this team's going to win a Super Bowl. Maybe ever, but <laughs> but. They will absolutely allow themselves to become irrationally exuberant in the preseason and before big games and as the regular season rolls on. I don't think any Viking fans were surprised they got upset at home in the first playoff game with a 13-win team last year. But they will allow themselves to enjoy the season, enjoy the ups and downs, at least enjoy the ups, and to say, okay, we're, I'm going to suspend disbelief right now so I enjoy this game or enjoy being a fan. And my experience around Twins fans, at least those who don't come to the ballpark all the time, is that they, with the Twins, they take a completely different approach, which is, okay, I don't think this team's going to win the postseason. That means I shouldn't pay any attention or invest any emotion right now. Hmm. I agree. Well, I think that's a really good point. I, I think that's I, I that's been my impression as well. Not from, you know, not for Every Twins fan, obviously, and probably your distinction about who goes to the ballpark and who doesn't, you know, maybe that makes a uh, that, that's a good differentiation. Uh, but there is a lot of uh, attitude, a lot of, uh, of collective personality out there that is uh, that it just feels like uh, as far as the Twins go. Uh, that they'll never be uh, good enough, and uh, when they stumble a little bit, it it hurts their feelings. So you know, <laughs> it hurts the the collective uh, psyche so so much that um, you know they they, they want to punish the team by you know you've, you've hurt my, you've hurt my feelings, so I'm not following you anymore. It, there's an animosity and a and a, and a, and a cynicism about the twins. That I haven't seen, uh, you know, a lot of places in, in any sport. It's interesting. You know, and the thing is, this year has been weird because I think fans went to the season kind of, we we're going to wait and see in this squad. I don't know if I can really buy into it. And then they had some success right away. You know, they had a pretty solid month of April. Joey Gallo was effective. And then the narrative changed to, well, I don't know if I could buy into this team, to all of a sudden, well, if they don't win the first run in the playoffs and this season's a failure. And I was like, my God, you guys went from one end of the spectrum to, to the other. <clears throat> and then now we've sold it into thinking pitch, but we don't know what offense we're getting. Oh, hum, here we go again. And I think some of this is they bring in the, the success slash slash failures of other sports teams in town and just kind of like pile on theirs. You know, we're never going to win anything. Uh, you know, the Vikings have been in four Super Bowls, haven't won. Uh, we we traded we signed Parisian suitors to go win the Stanley Cup title. You know we can't win anything in Minnesota. So that I think that's part of it too. It's just that that we're flyover country. We never get the best players. Um, even though we had good teams, they're going to get toasted in the postseason. Woe is us. We're just a uh, 
so-so sports market that uh, has to wait for the links to show us how to be a champion. I, I think that's part of it, too. Well, you know what? And, Let me put a punctuation mark on, on what yeah. you just said, Lavelle, because um, I think this is the kind of the definitive example. We went out uh, for the first game of the 87 World Series. We walk out on the field, Gary Gaetti, before the game. And already there are big sheets, bed sheets, you know, signs up there uh, it, uh, put up all around the stadium. One uh, said, uh, take the monkey off our backs. Yep. And another <laughs> one said, make us losers no more. And I turned to, <laughs> I turned to Gaetti and I said, holy crap, Rad. I, I mean, I thought we were playing a baseball game. I didn't realize we were playing for the collective psyche of a whole state. <laughs> <laughs> And it kind of signifies, you know, the cynicism and the, and the feeling that, you know, that people have here. All, all, all the things that you just said. <laughs> uh, the thing about that team, too, is that five years before they lost 102 games. And so I think people were so stinging from that. But the guys they played in that season, you know, Gaetti, Herbeck, it, they end up, those guys end up being the core of a championship team. And I, I kind of think this year's team is kind of waiting that their success offensively. It's going to be based on Walner, Royce losing, gets healthy. Kirilov Rivera gets healthy. It's like it's they're going to need the young guys with this squad instead of uh, having you know some guys who had taken some lumps and 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 shown some um, maturity in in '87. So, um, yeah, it's just 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 weird. Good stuff. I wanted to get to that topic. I'm glad we got to it this week. Uh, we'll have more interesting stuff to say about this playoff chase going forward thanks again to aquarius home services studio caldera labs all energy solar our next scheduled live show will be downtown minneapolis in late september we'll get you details on that we'll give away a bobblehead uh thanks to grain belt for sponsoring those shows once again thanks to brandon morton for producing we'll talk to you next week on the chin music baseball show